All right. Good afternoon. We have a new guest on on the radio today on the podcast. It's March seventh. Uh, Jack Malero, how are you doing? I'm good. Glad to be on. Long time listener of Around the Greens. It's going to be wild talking uh, not at all about golf today. I don't know. I think I got a lot to say about golf though. Yeah, I mean. There are probably eight people that I'd be willing to talk to about golf, and you may be at the bottom of that list, but I'm not going to say I'm going to pull you up to talk about Tiger Woods, aside from the fact that in high school, you did say that he was never going to win another major after Torrey Pines. I did say that. I didn't have any evidence. It's kind of a gut feeling, Um, but here we are. Here we are, and now he's not even playing, and he can barely walk, so that's pretty impressive. So, uh, I don't, I don't want to talk about the NBA first, but, uh, so what do you, how do you feel about the, uh, Tiger Woods situation? You think, you think it's probable that he, uh, he was a PED guy or you think that's just kind of a talking point? No, you know, I wouldn't, I read the big miss by Hank Haney and in that he talked a lot about Tiger's. Yeah, I know, which it's, he didn't say anything about steroids in it, but he kind of implied some things when he was training with the Navy SEALs. And it just, I mean, you've, you saw the guy in person out at the PGA and I, he looked like a friggin' middle linebacker for the Cleveland Browns and he's playing golf. So I would not be surprised yeah. if he did it, but. Well, it's just the fact to me that like he went from being like this, uh, like flash in the pan, like just unbelievable, like winning, I don't know, just winning majors that just a late, we hadn't seen before. And then I know the whole like, uh, affair thing happened and that kind of like got to him mentally but I feel like at some point like you think he gets over that but but he just like, he just spiraled out of control he like, beca- just ne- ne- like he never really got that close to any major either like he just he was like a completely different player after that I feel like I can't just be because of like these affairs like screw with him mentally you know yeah, I mean, so much of his, the reason that he was so dominant is because people saw him as this this god, basically. And then when he had such a huge... Yeah, scared yeah, yeah. It made him look a little yeah. different. So that's definitely a good point. And the injuries just killed him, which, I mean, that would be another good thing to say, yeah. is that if he did do steroids, it probably messed up his career more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the NBA, though. Let's talk about our Timberwolves first. What uh, what do you think about this season and Sam Mitchell, Cat uh, and Levine and Town and uh, Wiggins? Um, well, a couple things. First of all, Cat, uh, like holy shit! Like I thought I was, I wanted to take. I thought he'd be good. I thought he was going to put in a draft, but I had no idea where he was going to be this good. I mean, he's nuts. Do you think that right now he could be the third best player on a championship winning team? Like I'm talking this year as a 19, Today, 20 year old. Uh, yeah, I, I don't see any reason he couldn't be. I mean, what's he averaging right now? He's averaging seventeen and ten. Seventeen and shooting, eleven, yeah. Seventeen and eleven. He's shooting fifty four percent from the field, and it hits eighty three percent of his free throws. And he's what? 20? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's two years younger than us, and I don't remember putting yeah, he, his stats he was, up. He was, he was a sophomore in high school when we were graduating. I absolutely, I absolutely think he could. 23 PER. I mean, maybe this, even the second best player. I mean, who knows? Yeah, you pair him with the right kind of guy, but then, I mean, that makes... 
I think that yeah. at this point in time, looking at Wiggins, Levine, and Towns, um, I think they're three guys that should that definitely have enough talent to be a champion. I mean, that's a championship caliber caliber top three right there. But yeah. does Wiggins worry? Does Wiggins worry you at all? I mean, just the way that he plays. I just yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to. I want to talk about. Well, he. It just it seems like to me. I mean, I haven't got to watch a lot because I'm working the fuck out of right now. But, uh, but actually, can we swear on this? Yep, you are very allowed to swear uh, on this. Our sponsors might cool. be upset, but we can cool. talk to them. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll write them a letter. Like it seems like. He's this Wiggins, this like the same kind of player he was like at the second part of last year. Like he scores a lot, he scores his efficiency is hit or miss if he's making his shots, but he doesn't do much else. Like he, I think he, I don't think he's unless, unless this is a new phenomenon. Doesn't like doesn't play great defense, doesn't rebound, doesn't pass the ball, move the ball very well. Um, he just like he just is a, is an unbelievable scorer and like. Frequently, almost always the best athlete on the court, but he has that hasn't like um, lamented itself in like other aspects of the game, which kind of worries me. And on top of that, I think what scares me the most about him is in a lot of games that have been close this year, he has totally been lost in the mix where he he doesn't want the ball in crunch time right now, at least. I mean, he is totally content letting uh, Rubio, Levine, and Towns, and even Gorgie do their thing and just, you know, float into a corner and not touch the ball. And that's I think that's what worries me most is that people have compared him to Kobe in the past, you know, with his ability to score. But he doesn't nearly, I mean, his competitive edge, at least right now, does not seem nearly high enough. Yeah, and that was his knocks coming out of the draft was that he, like, you know, he didn't, the classic, like, hot take, that I go, he doesn't, like, love the game enough, like, you know, it's kind of, take it as you wish, but it seems like maybe, like, maybe there was some truth to that, because, like, like, like you said, he seems kind of timid, like, is it, doesn't demand the ball at the end of games, or doesn't really want the ball at the end of games. But you can, you can watch a game for, like, you know, 10 minutes and forget he's on the floor. Which are the truly great players, like guys like guys like Kobe. I think it's it's ludicrous to compare him to Kobe at this point. But um, like you, you always know that on the court, you, they don't just disappear for large parts of the game. But at the same time, he's 21, so he's been in the league for a year and a half. So I think it's premature to make any um, make any or come to any conclusions. Yeah, and. See, I'd love to sit in on one of their practices to see if a guy like KG is getting in his face because I don't think Sam Mitchell is enough of a hard ass on him. Um, I mean, Sam Mitchell is just a whole other conversation. It just... Yeah, Jesus. He... I mean, what is he... So, Glenn Taylor, if you... So, I've gone to... I've been to seven games this year, and Glenn Taylor has sat courtside for six of them. Uh, right next to Sam Mitchell, and I shit you not, Sam Mitchell is looking over at Glenn Taylor like twice a quarter, like, ooh, like, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing okay now? Yeah. And if you're an NBA freaking yeah. coach, you can't be doing that. <laughs> and, not, and not to mention, like, out of all the owners, he's probably the last one, besides Donald Sterling, that you would you would look to for advice. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Which is scary. Which is, I mean... 
I mean, I was hoping you would sell the team, but apparently that I was listening to a podcast with, uh, you know, do you know who John Krasinski is? Uh, who does he work for? He's, I, I don't think the Star Tribune or Kate had some Minnesota sports outlet, but he covers the Wolves. Okay. And he was saying, so there's this dude named Steve Kaplan, it's like some finance guy who was super rich. Um, and the plan was for Taylor to sell him like 25 or something, you know, like a minority stake in the team and be like a minority owner. And then Taylor would like mentor him, I guess, you know, give him all of Taylor's widespread wisdom <laughs> on owning an NBA team. Um, and then eventually get like, give him like turn over the keys and like have, the, have this guy be the sole owner. But he's struggling. Or, uh, that's like starting to fall apart because, um, this other guy, this Kaplan guy, um, is a minority owner for the Memphis Grizzlies right now. Okay. And the owner of the Grizzlies is this, like, young, like, you know, guy who inherited a bunch of money. So he's just kind of like a, just, yeah, kind of like a douchebag. And, um, like, let this guy, well, let this guy have his minority stake. Because, like, I don't know, so there's, I don't know how exactly it works. So, like, this, it, the main owner, like, kind of has a say in it. And he's just kind of being a hard ass about it, right? So and the NBA won't let won't let that won't let him like be a part owner of two teams, obviously. Yeah. So that's that's starting to fall through. And he, the scariest part of this is what um, Christians is saying is if if he doesn't sell with this whole thing going on, Kaplan um, that's taken focus away from the whole Sam Mitchell situation. So he says that this doesn't go through. Taylor won't have, have enough time to um, uh, stay, like, go over the Stan Mitchell situation and just might let Mitchell stay on for another year because, you know, Glenn's also known to be like overly loyal to the guys that work for him. So that's absolutely terrifying. Uh, if Sam Mitchell is the coach of the Timberwolves for another year, I think you lose out on any star potential that Zach Levine has because he's so, I mean, he's so unbelievably talented, but... Sam Mitchell, I mean, they always say he's a player's coach, a.k.a. he's going to let them do whatever they want out there. And that's the last thing a guy, especially like Zach Levine, needs. And, I mean, that you just get one year closer to losing guys like Wiggins and Levine to just, you know, getting used to playing on a shitty team and not knowing what it's like to win. Yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't just, like, like, screw around with these years. These are formal years for these players. Um, I mean, it's... it's It'd be detrimental if we, if like, I mean, Sam Mitchell, we started Kevin Garnett and Tayshaun Prince for half of the year. Do <laughs> that, like, like we have, we have, we have Levine playing point guard. Like he's, it's pretty clear after watching him play like fifteen games, he's not a point guard. No, that's it's it's a waste of talent, and then he's going to take so many mid range pull ups with no passes in the offense and. We all know how well that's going to work in the NBA. I mean, really, really great unless yeah, you're he's Steph a, Curry. He's, he's, a, he's a scorer. He's an extremely talented scorer. That's what he is. Not the guy that should be bringing the ball up the court. Um, I got a quick no. question for you about Rubio. I mean, is Rubio too far gone at this point? He's in his mid-20s now. Um, I mean, is he ever going to learn how to shoot? Do we even waste our time with him for another couple years? Oh. I was pretty bull or pretty yeah, pretty bullish on uh on him last year or two years ago, um, but I've kind of come around on that because like when I watch him play, like he um, 
he really controls the game out there, I think. Like, I know it's a cliche, but he doesn't shoot the ball very well. But I think if you put him around enough guys that can shoot, or, like, guys around him like that, um, I think he could be valuable because, for one, he, um, he's one of the best passers in the game. Yeah. Um, two, 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 an underrated aspect, I think, is that he rebounds super well for his position. So he gets just a lot of loose balls, like long rebounds he grabs, which is important. Um, and three, we're just a way better team when he's on the court. Like, the stats, the stats show that. So I know his shooting is a huge liability, but like, I, I don't think we need to trade him. Like, if we do trade him, um, like, like, I'm fine with that if we get a good deal. I just don't know who else would play point guard. But we don't have like we don't have a point guard. If we draft one in any upcoming draft or trade for one, because I mean, Levine, like we talked about earlier, is not going to be playing point guard for us, or shouldn't be playing point guard for us. So I don't know. No, it, it, it's even less reassuring knowing we have people that definitely don't know what they're doing according <laughs> the show. Yeah, I got two things on Rubio. One. um Going kind of off your point about him controlling the game, I like seeing how confident he is out there. I think that's fairly yeah. unique, but something that's a total necessity in a point guard. Um, but then I just don't know how many more Wolves seasons I can go into hearing that Rubio's figured out his jump shot and yeah. then yeah. see him <laughs> consistently miss left, right, short, <laughs> long, everywhere possible. Um so I mean, maybe I guess if he just takes less shots and just gives the ball to the guys that can score, then yeah, we can we can we can put that under rest. I, I don't I, I don't know what the problem is. He's just naturally not a very good shooter. So it is what it is. I mean, he could get like I'm not he, but he, he could get a little better throw his career. I think the guys like Jason Kidd or um, I don't know if Jason Kidd's stats right now. But I've heard that as a reference to somebody who couldn't shoot, who became a pretty decent shooter. Yeah, he was a horrendous on. shooter um, early in the series. He has so many positive, like he has so many um, positive aspects in his game. Like I don't feel that like we need to get rid of him as a liability or anything. I just think we need to tailor our team around that. Um, so, right, that's I think a good, that's where we stand with Rubio. That's a good point. Now, okay, I want to take our focus away from the Wolves here and talk a little Warriors basketball and just talk a little bit about the playoff picture. Um, first question: Do you think that they're gonna go seventy-three and nine or better? Um, they lost to the Lakers. Like they lost to the Lakers this afternoon for their sixth loss. They got crushed by the Lakers. I saw they that. got yeah, they got crushed. I watched most of the game and they lost by eighteen. It was hard to watch. Uh, what what happened? Um, how do you, how do they... so well, they were four for thirty from three. Uh, yeah, Curry was one for ten. Um. And then I think part of it is this is like the Lakers Super Bowl. You know, I mean, they're terrible. They've won yeah. like 10 it's, games. It's everyone's it's everyone Super Bowl. Yeah, and it's a and Sunday it's a, it's a Sunday afternoon for Golden State. And they're, they're finally getting in. You know, it's a pretty tough part of their schedule. And they play at noon in L.A. against a terrible team. I mean, I can understand how it would maybe be hard to get up for that one. But you can't lose those games if you want to win 73. The thing is, though, they don't. They, they, the only games they lose are these games that like just don't make sense. Like they they crush the Spurs twice. They crush the Spurs, the Spurs twice. Um, they crush the. I guess they crush the Thunder last time, but two times ago, Curry hit that. That was one of the most amazing shots I've ever seen. That like like midway between the three point line and half court. Yeah, shot. it was thirty eight feet, Jack. 
Yeah. <laughs> I wish I wish I wish I could have watched that game. I was at I was in the Book of Mormon with my mom, which is a great play by the way. If anyone has a chance, any of like the eight people that listen to this, um have a chance to see the Book of Mormon do that. It's absolutely hilarious. Um especially <laughs> if you like South Park. I'm super funny. But anyway, um yeah, I missed that game. That just that seems like an unbelievable game. It's uh, did you watch it? Yeah, I saw it. I saw the whole second half and then the overtime. Um, it's it's very easily in my top five regular season games ever. Um, oh yeah, and it's I'd say including the playoffs, it's in the top ten, even which is I mean that's pretty incredible how good of game it was. Um, with Westbrook and Durant playing so well, and then. Uh, and then the amoeba that is Stephen Curry. So when he gets going, he's just something else. Yeah, I mean, are they going to win the championship this year? I don't even think it's close. I mean, I'm, I'm worried the NBA playoffs aren't going to be exciting. Do you think? I mean, I'm, just, I'm just looking. Like it's okay. First of all, the Spurs. I don't like watching them play. Um, and then the Warriors are destined. So I think if that that series might be good. Spurs Warriors might be good, but I still think I still think Spurs Warriors might be really good. But I still think there's a chance the Warriors could run over them. Um, I like watching the Thunder a lot, but I don't know how they stack up against the Spurs. Um, I mean, the year in the East is just a shit show. The East, yeah, I mean, Cleveland and Toronto has come on a little bit, and then they've got, they finally are going to have probably all eight teams be above 500 uh, going into the playoffs, so we can applaud well, them for it'll that. Be, it'll, be, it'll be a photo finish, but yeah, they got them, Bulls and the Pistons, and the Pacers are down there at the bottom, and the Wizards might make a push, but wouldn't count on that. No, and I mean, Beal is healthy right now, but Beal might be, I mean, as injury prone as he is, who knows? But the bottom of the Western Conference is just, just great. After past the Clippers, it's Memphis. <laughs> it's like, I think Memphis has been like the four or five seed for the past like ten years. Are they happy with that mediocrity? I, I don't know. Well, I don't. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it. Like they they haven't been competitive for a title like ever. I don't think they've never they've never been like a fringe playoff team. They've always been like just like very solidly, yeah, very solidly yeah. in the in the like, race. Like, they might they might get lucky and make the conference finals, but that's it. <laughs> They're still there. Like is Zach Randolph still playing? Like Zach Randolph, Tony Allen, those guys still around? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's the usual suspects. Marcus All is actually out for the season though. Um, they, oh, he's there. He was kind of their rock, which is also I mean, that's crazy in, in and of itself. Just that uh, Pau Gasol was so solid, and then Mark was kind of like the laughing stock of that brother pair. And then yeah. Pau leaves, you know, the and Mark is great. Little you know, you know, fact: he was a part of the uh, Lakers trade for Pau Gasol. He was involved in that no, deal. Yeah, he was traded from the Lakers to Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> and that's right. Maybe he was pissed, and that's why he worked hard and got really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the, the Mavericks, who are uh, boring. I, mean, I don't. I'm not excited to watch that in the playoffs. Average age um, of that team is about 36. Portland, Portland's pretty exciting, but I don't think they're going to have a chance to get the team that Spurs and the Thunder in the first round. Not enough. Um, the, Ro- the Rockets blow. 
the Jazz are ninth. I hope the Jazz take it over the Rockets, but the Jazz aren't that good either. No, I saw the Jazz play the Wolves this year, and let me tell you, yeah, yeah, yeah. nothing special. Oh yeah, I saw you. Yeah, no, that no, game. We, we, yeah, we went to the yeah, that game. That was the game where probably uh, like one of fifteen. It was a really pretty game for him. <laughs> I had the guy had the green light. I think the playoff series that I'm going to be most excited about is the Spurs and Thunder in the Western Conference semis, though. I love I love watching. Russell Westbrook's my favorite player to watch in the NBA. Oh, he's unbelievable. I, I think the, and I think the Thunder are more fun to watch than the Warriors because the Warriors are just so predictable. I mean, they're so good, but like they're it's so good. If they're so good, it's almost not fun to watch. <laughs> you know, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It's just like it's like like I just like it. It was exciting, but like if you've seen before, you know you you know how the story goes with them. It's just like like inside quarter three, like Curry, like outside, like like it's fun when Curry gets super hot. But other than that, uh, like other than that, it's really really good passing, really good spacing. Solid defense and yeah, there's just, there's just nothing to talk about. Like, it's like, oh yeah, the Warriors are unbelievable. And again, the story. I think I've got a good theory for you about the Warriors. Yeah, so I don't think they're going to win the finals this year, and I don't think they're going to make it to the finals this year. Um, I think that Uh-oh. this. I think that hot t- hot take alert. Yeah, hot take. I, I, you should get like a you got like a soundbite for a hot take like a you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna cut us talking about this, and I'm gonna throw in the hot take with the little noise, some sort of like bazinga, <laughs> just to really let people know that it's yeah. there. Or like that, they like got horns that like. I think. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll fire that up. But okay, so here's why they're not gonna even make it to the to the NBA Finals. They've played 82 games this year. And from the beginning of the season, when they went, when they started twenty-four and zero, they've Draymond has been getting this team up, you know, making it seem like every game is a playoff game. For yeah. it's, it's now been sixty; they're fifty-six and six. Uh, can you imagine now winning four playoff series, even against teams that are not nearly as good as you, after you've just played? Um, so out of eighty-two games, like sixty-five to seventy, that feel like playoff games where you're. You know, going full tilt. Where I know Curry hasn't played in a lot of fourth quarters, but I mean that's got to take a toll on you with just that. <laughs> You're talking about breaking a record of being seventy-two and ten of that that Bulls team, and yeah. I don't know. I just I think that Oklahoma City can play small ball when they play Ibaka in there. Now that he can kind of shoot the three, um, and then I think the Spurs. I think Pop has not nearly given them their best look, and I will never underestimate yeah. the Spurs and having a chance. To yeah, I think I think the Spurs are the biggest threat. I see where you're coming from. It kind of reminds me of uh, like the Heat. Uh, remember when the Heat had the uh, they were going by the win streak? Yeah, like, yeah. When they had, I think they won twenty six, twenty seven, something like that in a row. Yeah, that was like uh, two thousand thirteen, and then they were they were pretty. Uh, they came out pretty flat in the playoffs because you know going and trying to win every single game of the NBA like that is just like exhausting. Yeah. And, and now they turned the back half of the season, and they ended up they won the title, but just barely beat the, beat the interior Spurs team that year. That was the year Ray Allen hit that like hit that 
The game, game six, six corner buzzer beater yeah. where half the Heat fans yeah. left the building thinking the series was over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which I, th- which I think is the best NBA game I've ever seen. But as a conversation for the other day. And another factor of this is, I mean, I, I'm still not convinced Steve Kerr is a great coach. Really? Like, he's, a good, he's a good coach. Like, he's definitely, you know, top, probably top 10 in the league. Yeah. But in the NBA, in the, NBA like, the elite tier are so much better than the rest, like the, your Popovich's, Thibodeau's. Brad Stevens. Um, uh, Brad Stevens, Rick Carlisle. Like, I think those four are far and away better. So I think when you get one of those teams in the playoff series, you never know. Because, especially if you're going against like an inferior coach, that um, they, they could just coach wings around the other guys. And when you, have, when you can prep for just one team, um, for a whole series, coaching has even more of an advantage than when you're, you know, you're playing like four games a week. So you have like 24 hours to prepare for a team. Yeah, right. Um, but then again, at the same time, like, teams like the Warriors, there's not, it's, it's very hard to prepare for because they don't, a team with very few weaknesses and very hard to play against. So we'll see. I hope, I hope it's a good series. Yeah, I mean, and and just to thinking about one more example of something like that with a team like the the '07 Patriots chasing that record and eventually losing to the Giants in that crazy Super Bowl game. I mean, you just it it repeats itself across across sports of even I mean, because that '07 Patriots team could potentially be the best NFL team ever, and yet they didn't win the Super Bowl. Where I just I worry that that could happen to the Warriors and tarnish their record. We'll see. I, 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 don't, I, I don't find myself like rooting for the world. I want them to get the record, but I don't really. I kind of hope they don't win the title because I, I want there to be some kind of controversy because it's kind of a boring NBA season. There's really no controversy because the best team, the best team in the league, everybody loves. Yeah, it was more fun. It was more fun than it was the Heat, and like half the people hated them, but it was just like you know, like that, like people could like pissed off at the Heat one, and like you know, it was like it was a very divided. Um, there's no consensus. Whereas here, everybody loves the Warriors. Like, don't like. There's no no talking heads that that talk bad about Steph Curry. He's just he's the golden boy of the NBA. No anything bad to say about him. There's just no controversy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally get what you're saying. It's, it almost then, I mean, especially if they were to not win, there's going to be a lot of stuff surrounding that going into the offseason and just how they would deal with that. But far down the road, before we go on, I want to do a little speed round of questions. I got some questions for you. Um, All right. I'd like to fire it up. We're getting a little long, so I don't want to talk about politics this time. We'll have to save that for maybe later this week or next week. Okay. Um, all right. My first question for you. You ready for this? Go for it. All right. Um, since fifth grade, what is your best personal stat line uh, in a basketball game? Or what's the best basketball game that you've played? I don't care if it's intramural, travel, uh, if you played uh, maybe on some professional team that I didn't know about. What's your best stat line? Um, hold on. Oh, definitely. So, I think this was 10th grade Southwest. All right. So when I, when I was still pretty good at basketball, I I still I played we played a lot through ninth grade. At least I did. In 10th grade, I went to rec, 
and we played this, I don't know, like, played some game at this, like, ragtag gym, like, in, like, a pretty sketchy part of, like, the Cooper area. Um, and we played this team, and, like, we were playing horribly. Um, this is, like, we played, it was, it was like, me, Ryan Shuck, Alex Carlson, um, were the, the far away three best players in the team that year, that it was, like, Gavin Milo, Andrew Quinn, and then... I don't even remember who else was on the team, but that oh, was yeah, that the was usual the, suspects. That was yeah, that was the gist of the team, and then that was before like everyone started playing rec league. So it was, it was like the rec league was really bad that year. Yeah, like just the talent was because a lot of, like a lot most of the good players were still playing school basketball. Um, and we're we're down like um, we're down like fifteen points with like ten minutes left in the game. Like we're playing horribly. Like no one can make a shot. I especially couldn't make a shot. I was like probably I, I was. I don't know, not, I was playing horribly. And I just started making, like, every three I took, and, like, the team was just, was so bad that, like, they didn't, they didn't start guarding me when I started making that shot play. I hit, like, six threes within the last 10 minutes of the game, and I think I ended up with, like, 26 points, and we ended up winning the game. And it was, it was a great, it was a great personal accomplishment in a game that meant absolutely nothing, but it was fun. <laughs> I think that's everyone's dream is that when you start getting hot from three, that the other team isn't smart yeah. <laughs> enough to pick up on it, and you can just it keep was, shooting. It was, yeah, it was awesome. Perfect. Okay, next question: What's the best NBA game you have uh, been at? Oh, definitely the two thousand four uh, Western Conference Championship Game Seven, Wolves versus Kings. Um, the greatest game in Timberwolves history when uh, only, only time they got to the Western Conference Finals uh, KG had like a MVP night he had like 28 points 19 rebounds just completely controlled the game hit like a fadeaway three as the uh, off the backboard as the shot clock was expiring um, I hit the game with Chip Snyder um, and <laughs> Our dads were together, and we got that like we were we were standing in the seat because everyone was standing up for the last like ten minutes because it was you know a close game, and so we were, we were like a third grade, so we couldn't see, so we were standing on our chairs. Yeah, and like the like the ushers like no you can't do that like they brought us down they brought us down like pretty much courtside so we could see, and, like, and the, the game ended where Chris Webber, um, yeah like it was the up three Chris Webber like an open three from the court from like the wing. That is an unbelievable game. I remember watching that one on TV. Uh, just a, I think that's what keeps us Wolves fans hanging around is that 2004 run, like thinking that could maybe happen again. Yeah, the good memory. Yeah, and we were just and and you can't really change teams. Yeah, unfortunately. As much as I'd like to root for the Warriors, I just can't do it. Yeah, well, I was, I was thinking, like, God, if Clay like, Taylor doesn't sell a team, we keep Jim Mitchell, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's like, I can't, I, I can't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm stuck with this team. <laughs> Hey, I mean, that's why I'm moving to San Antonio next year, is so that I can somehow justify rooting for the Spurs. Oh, yeah, you could easily, you get you a pass for the Spurs bandwagon. Thank God. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty empty. I don't think that many people root for the Spurs, so. <laughs> no. Me and my San Antonioites will handle that, though. Okay, here, I got one more question for you. Uh, what is your dream golf foursome, living or dead? Uh, we actually talked about this the other day. I mean, some of my friends at work. Um, so it would be 
Barack Obama. Okay. Because I thinking you want to have one of the president, one of the presidents from our lifetime, so Clinton, Bush, or Clinton. Yep. Or no, Obama, Bush, or Clinton. Yeah. Um, I think, like, it was, it was tough because, like, Clinton, like, he's been gone, he's been out of the scene for too long, I think. Like, I want to know more about, like, current matters, like, what's going, like, secret government things we've got metal about. Like, you know, Obama's more current. Right. Um, between, between him and Bush. And between him and Bush, it was just, like, I think Obama has more of, like, has more to say, probably, because he, like, kind of came into, whereas, like, Bush is sort of like a political dynasty, so I think his view of the whole spectrum is, like, kind of warped, because he was, you know, born into, like, a political family. And whereas Obama, like, came from, you know, like, from up in Hawaii, um, and it was a complete unknown character into the presidency. I think he'd have a more interesting take to listen to. Um, and they're all, you know, they're all, they're, they're all three super, uh, like, charismatic, interesting people. So, but, so I went with Obama for that one. And then um, Bill Simmons, just my my favorite personality in media um, currently. Um, Hell yeah, I'll have to forward this. I'll have to forward this podcast to him. Oh, yeah. I totally agree. I listen yeah. to all his podcasts. Yeah, love, love his podcast. Love his book. Yep. Can't wait, guy. can't wait for the there radio is, to start. Yeah, the show. Oh, yeah, the show coming and the ringer. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, yeah, that goes without saying. Um, and then Charles Barkley. I, I think I have all, like, all the athletes. He'd just be the most fun person to have in, a, in the threesome. You're looking you're looking for guys that you want to be able to have a drink with and that are gonna share a lot of stories. We're like, yeah, there's probably more interesting people out there, but like for four hours, who can you get the most out of? And that I, I like that lineup. Yeah, like Obama's Obama's a content guy. Um, <laughs> Who's the wild card? Just... Are you the wild card of that or the looks? What? <laughs> what? Uh yeah, I would I don't really think I'm anything there. Like, I think if I'm picking the foursome, like, there's, no, there's literally no scenario that this, this foursome comes together. But I'm, I'm the guy who, I'm the guy who won the raffle. Yeah, you're the, <laughs> you're the guy just there that ends up, they're kind of, they look back on it and they're like, oh, that dude was actually kind of fun. I mean, he's a little out there, but like, at least yeah, he I'm, I'm the guy that they're like, oh yeah, we all stuck here, we're, we're going home. We said, you know, we get everything to the cars after. We leave and they meet up at uh, they meet up at like the country club and grab drinks. <laughs> and I go home, tell everybody how cool the force how cool the play the golf was. <coughs> oh, that is perfect. Thank you for that. Uh, so can I count you in for talking uh, about this shit show that is a Republican primary race uh, next week? Oh, absolutely. Uh, maybe not next week. Whatever. Uh... I don't know when I'll have free time again. I'll yeah. send my life away for the next month, but um, yeah, that, that, I, I'd love to. Great. Uh, that is Jack Malero from Cooper. He is busy accounting for oh, things God. this spring. Yeah, I knew you'd like that. Uh, thanks for being on the pod today, Jack, and we'll talk to you soon. No problem. Thanks for having me.